following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Those that went to New Orleans. Anybody else feel like you're just not back to normal yet? Not feeling quite 100%? Not feeling yourself? If you are, you're not alone because I am uh, I'm still on that boat. Not because of like New Year's Eve and going too hard. You know, just a little tired. I, I just I referred to it this morning and not just those of you who went to New Orleans, but it just in general, after fake New Year's, it was not Monday. Essentially, the way I looked at it. It's Monday, but not Monday. Yeah, because probably a lot of us, like we did, had the day off yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as, uh, January 2nd, and uh, I got back. Well, I also flew back yesterday, super early in the morning. I even went to bed early in what? New Orleans to try to... Uh, and then I went to bed at like nine, woke up at one, and couldn't go back to bed. And my flight was at seven, so that was uh, that was a bit rough. No, I'm just tired because all I was like, "What are we doing, Sugar Bowl? Why are we doing this so early?" All the press yeah. conference stuff was at eight thirty in the morning after with, an open bar media party. Yeah, and that was, by the way, that was a, a lot of fun. <sighs> yeah, Troy didn't get to go. Do you, do you want to tell us why? Uh, for those who did not hear the discussion this morning, uh, the stinking vid got me. Yeah, Troy got COVID. He had to skip out on the on the Sugar Bowl trip. So I went solo. Wisely not infecting others. Let's put it that way. They, uh, as much as I hated not going, let's be perfectly honest, it would have been irresponsible to go uh, while testing positive. Now, because your wife had COVID previously, did you think, maybe I should just go ahead and get this? No. Nope. And in fact, had it not been for the fact that we wound up with two other bodies in the building that came down with it right in the same time frame, I would have initially thought it was just a cold. But when I found out that there were two others in the building that had tested positive, that's when I knew I needed to pull out the the test. And... Well, you got a stockpile of... We, well, we had them because, because Monica had had it, so we had wow. yeah. a few extras still left because I had bought to be prepared, and well, yeah. So uh, well, I, I, I'm kind of done with the last three years at this point, not, not because of coronavirus per se, just bad luck. Well, let me tell you something. I, so a bit of a funny story. Um, I'm flying out on the 28th. And, you know, prior to the 28th, the last three days have been a mess with Southwest yes. Airlines, and I was flying Southwest. I'm flying out of Wichita. I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. I'm just, it's a matter of time. Things are going to get canceled. And at that point, I'm just going to probably be like, well, I just, I guess I'm just going to, you know, just take the refund and stay home. You know, that just might be the way it right. has to go down. But it never got canceled. I did fly out of Wichita, and I got to New Orleans with no issue. When I got to Wichita, though, the plan was, is like, well, we need to find a way to, you know, since you couldn't go, right? That's half the money, you know. Of course, of the flight, and it was not cheap. I'd have fly to New Orleans, and it's, it's New Year's Eve, or you're around New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. A bookend is on both ends. Again, reiterating why I, another reason I was not happy. It's like, well, you, oh you man, I'm costing the building. You told me you weren't going to go out anyway. 
Not necessarily true. You're like, remember, my my uh, my life and schedule is a little bit different than yours. I'm like, but it's New Year's Eve in New Orleans. It yeah, is a well, lot of fun. Yeah, for New Year's Eve, yeah. I Okay, specifically, yes. But for other things, yeah, I, I would the have gone party. out. May, the media yeah. party. I, yeah. I, I may, may or may not have made it to New Year's. We'll, we'll see, you know. But unfortunately, it didn't play out to where I even had a chance. Yeah, on the 29th, we were raining. Us media, we were raining Bourbon Street with beads. Because oh. they set us up with like thousands of beads to throw. And I meant I actually brought one back for you. It's a, it's a sugar bowl beads. Cool. And I brought one back for you. I'll have to give it to you at a later time. But Thank it, God I don't have to. Oh, anyway. Well, anyway, the funny story, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but the funny story is, um, so I went, when I got to the Wichita airport, I was like, how do I get this money? Because yeah. there's no way I could call yeah. Southwest. They're completely backed up with bigger issues than what I had to deal with. So I just told the guy at the desk, "Is like, hey, uh, so a family member was stranded in Boston, and I already knew that they were canceling flights in Boston. So I was like, so my coworker Troy got stranded in Boston, nice, and he's not able to make the trip, and he's and he's starting to type away. He is typing away. On the, he's like, he's going to find out that he never went to Boston. This never took place." I even I was like, yes, it was a Southwest issue. And he's like typing away. He's looking and looking. He's like, well, you know, since it was our issue, it's on our end. We can go ahead and refund that right away. Really? Corporate appreciates you. (laughs) I was like, how do you, first of all, not have records that I'm full of crap. He's like, but will Troy be making the return trip? Like, No. no, he will not be making this trip. No. Oh, man. Hey, so uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Southwest Issues with their flights around Christmas to get $750 back. Did, did, you, uh, did you happen to make a visit to any churches while you were in New Orleans to pray for absolution of your soul for lying like that? Well, if I were to step into one, we would all know. I don't know if I'd make it out before bursting into flames. <laughs> I did go to St. Louis Cathedral. Okay. But, but if, that's right there. It's sure. in the French Quarter. You know? Sure. Shout out to the Louisiana Purchase. Um, and shout out to all the street art, which is an amazing part of Bourbon Street. But, oh, uh, man. Or the, the French Quarter, I should say. Um, but it was uh, other than you know the game. Of course. Well, I should say the last three quarters of the game. Yes. You know, stop the count, of course, at 10 nothing. It was a really good time. The, I'm just not I haven't recovered yet with the yeah the very little yeah. amount of sleep I got. The the frustrating part and this this is not a knock on anyone. Uh but boy it was hard to not get jealous of all you down there. Seeing the photos, seeing the fun and being a college football traditionalist, uh I looked so forward to seeing K-State in that game. So forward to it and uh to have it go that way. Of course. Why not? Why not, given everything of the last three years that has gone on in, in, in this life, why not catch coronavirus right at Christmas time? Well, not going to lie. I mean, after the 10 nothing lead. And, um, oh, I know. It wasn't the most fun game yeah, to watch. Yeah, I know. It, it unraveled, and it unraveled in a, in a disastrous pace. As I told Monica, at least this way I can sit at home and yell at the TV. Well, I should say not the last three quarters. I should say the last half. Yeah. I mean, the Cats were obviously in it until the last minute of the second quarter, and then K-State comes away with zero points, uh, it, You know, which, by the way, Coach Kleiman being aggressive, foot on the gas pedal, going for points. You're playing against Alabama. Um, I didn't necessarily blame him for no. any of that. No. Uh, and 
fourth down had worked for you on the drive. You're playing yeah, two for with two. confident at that point. Why not go for it? And by the way, you know, and it was the right play. Yeah. And yes, the throw was a little bit off, but I would also say, you know, Ben said it may have been a little bit interfered with yeah. trying to go after that football. Yeah. It would also have been a tough move to but, get into that pylon if he did catch the ball. That, that but again, tough. let's let's bear in mind they had the matchup. That was the perfect matchup for them on the play because they went at Will Anderson, who could not keep up with Ben Sinnott, other than tripping him. Yeah. I mean, the the read was perfect. All of it played perfectly. We just didn't get the play to finish it. And I announced for the band. That was really neat. I think I said Will Anderson's name more in the booth than the actual public address announcer. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I heard Will Anderson's name once. Uh, it was a quiet day for yeah, the, the projected top five pick. Or Bryce Young was phenomenal. Phenomenal. The, the, the second. That's bigger, why that was why he won the Heisman last yeah, year. Bigger, faster, stronger. That offense. You know, especially the wide receiver. The wide receivers, and also you know, Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield <laughs> in the receiving game. Um. Anyway, uh, I mean, we could we could talk a lot of Sugar Bowl. We I think we know what happened. Um, I wasn't exactly hurt by the results. I would have liked a much better performance, of course. But you know, the Big Twelve Championship obviously outshines the Sugar yes. Bowl. Anyway, I think that it just would have made the season that much better by beating Alabama and winning the Sugar Bowl. The high uh, the uh, the headline today is Deuce Vaughn. And Deuce Vaughn announcing last night that he has decided after three years at Kansas State, of course, he's now eligible to go to the NFL draft. He will leave early. He has declared. And his K-State football career has come to an end. Somebody asked me yesterday, when you talk about this, am I going to cry? Uh, I cannot promise anything. uh, Because we all know Deuce Vaughn, especially to me, is a very special player. Later on, by the way, in this first hour, I'm going to replay for you a clip from when I announced Deuce Vaughn is hashtag my boy. I want to revisit that. I want to listen back to it. That was a different Mitch Fortner back then. It wasn't as a confident Mitch Fortner, but that was one of the most confident moves I've ever made in my uh, sports hosting excuse me, career of saying Deuce Vaughn would be hashtag my boy, but the comparison next to Darren Sproles really came into play and I I remember back then I was like I wasn't ready to do that kind of comparison I just think the kid's gonna be really good and then John of course course coaxed me into saying he's gonna be the next Darren Sproles I will replay some of that later on in this hour the surprise the decision comes at no surprise right now I think where it does maybe hurt a little bit was that you know like I think Cooper Beebe on Thursday said that if, if if a certain person was going to come back, he thinks a lot of other guys would also choose to come back. Yeah, let's run it back. Yeah, let's run it back. Let's go for uh, the Big 12 championship again, and who knows, maybe we go even a little bit further than that. You know, shout out to TCU and the season they're having this year. They're going to be playing for a national championship on Monday, if you can believe that or not, which, by the way, phenomenal playoff games. Absolutely. Phenomenal playoff games. But it was what day was it? Was it Jan- or was it uh, September twelfth of twenty twenty when we saw Deuce Vaughn on the field for the first time against Arkansas State and the first time he touched that football, he was oohing and on. And thirty six games later, he is a two time consensus All American, 
the MVP of the Big 12 championship game, wins a Big 12 championship in his last year, and soon, or later, but it's going to happen, Deuce Vaughn's name will be in the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I could give you a bunch of numbers here to back up what he has done, but we've all seen it, and we all love Deuce Vaughn. I, 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 there's, no, there's no chance. There's anybody out there that thought Deuce Vaughn was overrated, not a great player. Deuce Vaughn is one of the most special players that has ever laced up a pair of cleats and went onto that field at Bill Snyder Family Stadium and performed game after game. He never missed a game. And I think this last year, he he went through more of a wear and tear type of season. Yes. Where he was banged up. Even during the game itself on Saturday. Yeah, he had a grind. He had a grind. Which, by the way, what a way to go out for Deuce Vaughn and another 100-yard rushing day against the Alabama Crimson Tide. He also had his longest play of his career. The longest play of his career. Mm-hmm. 88 yards in that touchdown. And by the way, Caesar Superdome was going crazy when he scored that touchdown. And also, that might have been one of the best Wabashes I've ever seen. <laughs> I think there was a competition with Alabama to be the cooler fan base. Uh-huh. And also, better band. I could talk about that a little bit later. We got a whole week, guys. Right. We got a whole week. I want to dedicate a lot of time to Deuce Vaughn today. Maybe not a lot of time, but I want to dedicate a lot of time to Deuce Vaughn this week. Uh, because Deuce Vaughn gave us so many memories. And I want to get to some of those memories this week. But I also want to squeeze in a lot of our usual segments. So we got a long time to go to talk about Deuce Vaughn, his career, the memories, and also what it means for K-State moving forward without Deuce Vaughn. We got a week to go, guys. We got three more shows after this. But coming up next, my top 10 list in this week, it's the top K-State moments of 2022 after this. It's the game on KMAN. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Travion Berkland with us today. The Under Armour Next All-America game is taking place right now on ESPN2. That is right now if you're listening to the show live. Dylan Edwards was just on the field on a fourth and one, and he slips on the turf for a three-yard loss, and it's a turnover on downs for the speed team. The Phantom team is now back into the game on offense, and uh, Avery Johnson, K-State quarterback signee, is playing for the Phantom team, but he is not yet in the game. But he will be in sooner or later. Nothing, nothing. It's first quarter, three minutes to go. It's high school rules, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, Deuce Vaughn yesterday, last night, announcing on social media that he is going to be declaring for the NFL draft and he will forego his final two years of eligibility with the Wildcats. Definitely when recruited, he was undervalued. Just one Power 5 offer on the table. Coming from the Kansas State Wildcats, uh, I believe that's the case, right? And um, just gave us so many memories. Now, as a member of the media, I could continue to talk on and on about just the memories of talking to him because of just, first of all, the stand-up person he was, a humble person. After the after the Sugar Bowl, for instance, he run for 88 yards and a touchdown to give Kansas State a 9-0 lead. All the praise went to the blocking. He would always praise the offensive mm-hmm. line for doing all the hard work. Mm-hmm. He just ran through the hole and took it to the house. Had to use his speed to get there, but it wouldn't have been done without the offensive line. The way he could recap a, a play 
was always baffling to me. By the way, I don't think I've ever experienced a student athlete that can go back and give you the details of a play like Deuce Vaughn. I think in a lot of ways he learned how to watch film from his dad. dad. Sure. Absolutely. But the fact that that stuck with him so well every time that he would go back and be able to watch his own stuff uh, is tremendous. Uh, it, uh, as someone who is known a little bit around here for memory, uh, <laughs> his his grasp of what those plays entailed and what it took to pull some of the most outstanding runs that you've seen take place, tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. That, that amount of recall uh, is so rare in this game. Well, if you're lucky to be down in New Orleans, you got to watch his last game where he ran for over 130 yards, 88-yard touchdown against the Crimson Tide. And um, what a career. Absolutely what a career. He's going to be one of my favorite Wildcats of all time. That'll still go to Darren Sproles. But hashtag my boy, Deuce Vaughn. Thank you so much. And, uh, again, I want to talk Deuce Vaughn all week if we can. 537-1350 is our number. Feel free to call in as long as we're not having a guest on or a very special specialty type of segment. Feel free to call in and give us thoughts. Any thoughts you have, Deuce Vaughn, a special play, your favorite memories. Did you ever interact with Deuce Vaughn? We're talking about one of the greatest Wildcats of all time. And if you still want to throw that argument out, like against Darren Sproles, like, listen, he will definitely be the second best running back of all time. But when it comes to an all purpose back, he is the best. Mm-hmm. He is the best. Darren Sproles and, and Deuce Vaughn each had three years of incredible football and incredible play. Now, Darren is going to beat him in the rushing yards and the all-purpose yards. Deuce Vaughn will have the receiving yards. And also, Darren will have more touchdowns. But they both capped off their careers. Well, I shouldn't say capped off, but they both won Big 12 championships. Darren ended up playing another year after the Big 12 championship, but they both led their respective teams to win the conference. One of the things that should stand out about the difference that you brought up in terms of their stats, how different the roster makeup is versus what it was when Sproles was a member of this program, to have him returning kicks and punts at one point. Deuce Vaughn wasn't doing that because you had Philip Brooks and Malik Knowles who could handle those duties on a regular basis. You didn't have to push your top-line running back into doing that. But it's part of what made Sproles such a threat as well back when he was playing as opposed to his pass-catching abilities. Uh, it also touches. I, I think D- Darren Sproles also had, you know, he wasn't subbed out as as much no. as, as Deuce would be for, you know, just to give him a breather, you know, you know kind of lessen the abuse he takes the, game by game. The roster game. may not have been as deep. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but again, we'll talk a lot of Deuce Vaughn this week. And again, feel free to call in 537-1350 to give us your thoughts, memories, interactions that you had with hashtag my boy. Deuce Vaughn, the first ever hashtag my boy. And, you know, that got the last three seasons. I think it's a pretty good tag to have. <laughs> but I want to get to my top 10 list of the week. Deuce will be featured in this top 10, but it is my top 10 2022 Kansas State Moments. This is our first show of the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2023 now, and uh, a lot of memories 
the past 365 days. So let's go ahead and break it down. As soon as I get the volume working here. Number 10. Number 10. And by the way, as soon as I got this done this morning, I got on KStateSports.com and I saw that D. Scott Fritchen also did like a top 10 moments of 2022. I was like, God dang it. Because now this is secondary to his because his got out there first. Uh, We happen to have the same number 10, and that is K-State soccer going to its first Big 12 tournament. And I know it took a number of years to get there. They should have been there in 2020. The reason it didn't happen is because there wasn't a Big 12 tournament there in Kansas City. It's because of the pandemic year. Every team just played nine conference games, and that was their fall 2020 schedule. They did not play a non-con schedule, and then they went on to play a spring schedule that counted towards the wins and losses Mm -hmm. uh, of all time. But to get there is a big milestone uh, for this program that is slowly building to become bigger and better every year. And it just, you know, I guess the bar is risen every year and this is that next step going to the Big 12 tournament they earned the 8th seed and they got to compete they got to play their first postseason soccer number 9 here's Vaughn with some room past the 20 and Vaughn might be gone he's got incredible speed outrunning Bama defenders inside the 20 Vaughn inside the 10 dies for the end zone touchdown K-State Now, I'm sure you're wondering, Mitch, why did you go with this play and not the run in the Big 12 championship game? Yes, that was a gigantic play. I think there were a couple that maybe, you know, are are, are a bit different and maybe put on a higher pedestal pedestal because they were in overtime and they also helped win the, the championship. Not that Deuce's touchdown in the Big 12 championship didn't do that, but it's the Sugar Bowl. Cats are up 3 nothing. They get the ball back. And Deuce Vaughn's last touchdown just happens to be his longest touchdown of his career. 88 yards to the house, last day of the year. And as a member of the media, I have never struggled to not cheer more than that play. <laughs> I jumped out of my seat. And the reason I did is because I knew I could kind of get away with it because in my area there wasn't a whole lot of media because I was in the area of like the TV people, some radio guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, the TV people are down the field. Right. So I jumped out of my chair when I saw Deuce. I was like, oh, my God, we're about to be up two scores against Alabama. Yeah. Shout to Deuce Vaughn. Hashtag my boy. Number eight. Number eight, and I'm glad I caught, tr- kept track of this because I remember watching it. I remember tuning in and watching this. TJ Shankar wins the high jump national championship. reason that's not a little bit higher is because this is not the first time he had won a national championship. It was his second. He did it in the outdoors in June. And, uh, I mean, he had already won a number of uh, Big 12 championships. He's a geez, He was an All-American in every indoor and outdoor season he ever had at Kansas State. But it, the reason why I, I, I got to have it on here, not only is it a national championship, but it was very dramatic because it was a sudden death situation where they had this jump off. It was between TJ and a kid from Georgia in Darius Carbon. And TJ made his jump of 2.27 meters, and Darius did not. So TJ was able to bring the high jump title, which you could call this, I think it's fair to say, high jump you. With K-State track and field, he brought it back 
to Manhattan, Kansas. Number seven. On my list of the top 10 K-State moments of 2022. Martinez, the Nebraska transplant. Martinez again finds a space. Another touchdown and a bow from Martinez. The bow. The bow had to be on this list. Because the picture of the bow after K-State beat a top 10 team in Oklahoma, Adrian Martinez ran for a buck 48 and four touchdowns. Plus, it was coming after the Tulane loss. We are all begging and pleading, Adrian, we need more out of you. We need you to throw it down the field. And he threw it for 234 in a touchdown and zero turnovers. He accounted for five touchdowns in that Oklahoma game. And that game and that victory is what put K-State back on track. Back on track to continue to win, finish second in the Big 12 standings, and just make it to a national championship. Thank you to Adrian Martinez for the first half of the K-State season that he was able to play before his injury. Number six. Number six, I'm going to give it to the Classy Cats. Remember, the Classy Cats won a national championship. It was at the D1 National Championships. It was the College Classic in Orlando, Florida, and they won it in the Palm Routine. And this is a competition with more than 60 schools competing in it. And after watching the Cheer documentary, uh, that is on uh, Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, it really opened my eyes and it put a lot more respect in my heart and my mind on what the, the Classy Cats – the cheer team, the yell leaders, and what they go through year after year to not only com- go compete on a national level, but just to entertain us on the sidelines at football and basketball. They do a lot mm-hmm. of training, exercising, whatever, to be ready for competition and to perform. Classy Cats, they got to the top. They won the national championship. Another one of those areas where I get to tip my cap because of having been there and seen what that – group was when I was in marching band because they practiced with us predominantly. They broke off into their own group, did their thing. But when you're putting together halftime and they're involved in halftime, for example, you have to have them there for your practice. And to go from uh, a stretch where they decidedly had, well, let's just call it, had kind of hit a lull to rise to where they are right now, much like the band winning the Sudler Trophy a number of years back. Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous to see that program's growth. Number five. On my list of the top 10 K-State moments of 2022, K-State women's basketball beating number four Iowa back in November. It was a part of a doubleheader mm-hmm. where the K-State men played first, and they beat Kansas City. The K-State women played next, and if I was hoping just as much as anybody else that the fans would stick around. A pretty decent number of fans still stuck around, but I remember one fan in particular in the tunnel. As I was leaving Jerome Tank's press conference, I heard him say, I would stay if Aoka Lee was playing. And you know what? I'm sure, uh, I'm sure some felt that way as well. If Aoka Lee was playing, I would stay for this game. There's no way this team's going to win without Aoka Lee. Well, for those that had that mindset and left, you missed one of the greatest games in Bramlage Coliseum history because the Cats beat number 4 Iowa 84-83. Serena Sundown and Gabby Gregory had 24 points each. And K-State was down in that game six, eight points, like four or five times. 
and they stormed back. They clawed back. Caitlin Clark, who's one of the best players in this country, I would say she's probably the best guard in the country, scored 27 in that game. But it wasn't enough. Gabby Gregory knocks down a free throw. Cats play defense. And at the end of regulation, the Cats hold on for the one-point victory in one of the loudest K-State women's basketball mm-hmm. moments I remember ever experiencing. And it was a K-State's first win in Manhattan. Let me let me get this right. So it was the highest-ranked team they had beaten in Manhattan since 58-50 over number 2 Old Dominion in 1982. Of course, that was in Ahern Fieldhouse. And a lot of basketball has been played since. All right, this is my top 10 list, K-State moments of 2022. Number four. 0-1 is hammered towards center field. Does it have enough at the wall? He does! The all-time home run record is Dylan Phillips. Do you remember this? It was in April against Oklahoma State. Dylan Phillips goes yard, 402 feet at Twitten Family Stadium for his 38th career home run. And earlier this year, Dylan Phillips became the all-time home run leader in Kansas State baseball history. He did not stop at 38. He finished at 44. And Dylan Phillips would then later on be drafted in the eighth round by the L.A. Angels. Number three. Number three, my top ten list of K-State moments in 2022. It's a great day to be a Wildcat! The introductory press conference. That was the best press conference I've ever been to. The uh, Shamrock Zone was packed, full of K-State fans. The team at the time, because remember, you know, mm-hmm. hadn't had any transfers yet. If I remember correctly, I don't know. I don't, I don't, a lot of them did leave. You know, <laughs> a lot of them did leave. A lot of them got the question after the press conference: "You're going to stick around?" I haven't made my decision yet. Nigel Pack was a great example of that. After actually hearing Nigel Pack speak, I felt like you know I kind of got the vibe that he was going to stick around. Then later on, I found out yeah he's pretty much out the door once the season was over, even before that. Uh, but that was the start of what's down turned into a twelve and one team, and. Um, about to take on number six Texas tonight in Austin, which, by the way, is on the Longhorn Network. Keep that in mind. Adjust accordingly. But I got to also play one of the favorite quotes from that press conference. This is just the start of some really, really big things that's going to happen. And with everyone's help, with all the K-State family, Wildcat Nation, we're going to accomplish great things together. And it's not going to take long. It is not going to take long. I didn't come to rebuild, right? Came to elevate. The elevate part seems like that's already happening, right? I mean, K-State's off to its best start since 2016 with a 12-1 record. They're about to play their first game in 2023, and it's a best it's against the best competition they have seen so far. Excuse me, number 6 Texas. And by the way, Mitch Palm is coming up at uh, at around 5.25, that's where the it-doesn't-take-long quote comes into play, depending on, you know, start to really talk about that, on what happens in Austin tonight, tonight at the Moody Center. 
latest bracketology from Lenardi, by the way. What'd you say? Bracket what? Bracketology. I thought you said bracketology. I was like, no. Okay. Bracket- I, I was like, it works. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I, I let it register just, for a little just bit. Just not the right word, but yes. Bracketology has K-State as a seven seed, according go. to him, and could move up to a six seed with a win on the road tonight. Uh, did you see those net rankings, by the way? Yes. They came out today. Everybody in the top 44. In his uh, bracketology, the only team that wouldn't make the field would be Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just As, motioned OU to you, but yeah, that's because the, they're the lowest in the net. But Right. Uh, but uh, Texas Tech would be one of the last four out. By the way, sh- uh, you know, Oklahoma, they just lost by one to Texas Yes, on Saturday. I was, I was a, a bit surprised by that because Oklahoma didn't have a solid non-con. Correct. I think they finished nine and four. Mm-hmm. In the non-con? De- or decide, decidedly average in the non-con for a Big 12 team. Anyway, all right, top 10 list, 2022 moments for Kansas State. Number two. And now K-State sets it up into the half court. A chance for Lee. Glenn into Lee for the record. She got it! She got it! The NCAA record! 61 for Aoka Lee. And uh, if, if you didn't know that took place, you just got to look up in the rafters of Bramlage Coliseum, and she has her own. She, she's she's got to be the first player in program history to have her first banner, her yes. own banner in Bramlage or in the rafters somewhere that isn't a jersey retirement. It's about scoring sixty-one points against Oklahoma in January, which was a top twenty-five team. And when she was subbed out of the game, she had the exact amount of points as Oklahoma did at the time. And K-State, won, uh, of course, went on to win that game comfortably. But 61 points for Aoka Lee did not attempt a three-pointer. And that's the most points ever scored in a Division I women's basketball game by a single player. But I think there's only one moment number one that could outshine that. So 31 yards for Kansas State as they look for a 10th win. We await the snap from Randon Platner out of the hold of Jack Bloomer. Good snap and placement. Kick on the way. It is up. And good! It's good! The Wildcats are champions of the Big 12 in 2022! And there you have it, my top 10 list for K-State moments in 2022. By the way, uh, ESPN2 right now, if you can get there, Avery Johnson is now into the Under Armour All-America game. He just ran for an impressive uh, first down. Over around the right to the to the boundary. Now he tosses, and it's completed for an out route for about six yards. So he went from a wildcat first down to oh, <laughs> to a uh, about a five yard completion there. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we revisit a clip from September tenth of twenty twenty when I gave out my first hashtag, my boy. After this. Now, I'm sure you're all wondering, what is the future of hashtag my boy? Just as a tag, not Deuce. We know what that future is. He's declaring for the NFL draft. He's going to make somebody into a Super Bowl champion someday. What am I going to do with hashtag my boy? Am I going to give it to somebody else or retire it? Listen, those details will come at a later time, all right? Let's pump the brakes. Let's just enjoy the season that this football team had and Deuce Vaughn, the career, the last three seasons. He has had an entertaining us as K-State fans. But you know the whole hashtag my boy thing just kind of came out of the blue one day. Back on September 10th, 
of 2020 when I had a feeling by looking at the depth chart of who could be the next star and really the first star to be born in the Chris Kleiman era. And talking with John Kurtz that day, I'm going to play back a clip that's about a little over three and a half minutes long of how hashtag my boy was born when talking about Deuce Vaughn. Here's that clip. I want to pump the brakes on that little bit. I'm not yet going to just anoint him right now. Yes, he is the next little tank. He is going to lead us to a Big 12 championship with his insane running ability to be able to cut. His vision is going to be phenomenal. We haven't seen him carry the football yet wearing a power cat. I do like 5'5", 168 pounds, a freshman from Round Rock, Texas. Cedar Ridge High School. Love everything about that. He's small. And what tells me what he's good with is at his speed. Because we haven't seen him play yet. He's on the two deep. Well, what can make him so great? First of all, and also Darren Sproles, he was over 200 pounds, I'm pretty sure. That guy lifted weights every minute of his life, probably. And he might still do that. He was just a freak in the weight room. Deuce Vaughn is only 168 pounds. I weigh more than he does. I'm a buck 70, just barely. But I weigh more than Deuce Vaughn, and I'm not a lifter. I like a pint of ice cream once in a while, and I go running at the track. You know, I try to even it out, but I'm not a weightlifter. Deuce Vaughn, obviously, and I don't need to see tape, he obviously has pretty good speed. And the Darren Sproles type, and I like this mentality coming from Courtney Messingham, he can hide behind the offensive line. That was the whole story about Darren Sproles when he came in. He has the speed. He's so small he can hide behind the guys. And as soon as he gets through there, he's so fast he's already gone. Oh, well, Mitch, I can already feel what you're doing. You're talking yourself into him being Darren Sproles. You're publicly trying to keep that from hitting the airwaves as a direct quote from you, but you're already saying, well, he can hide behind the offensive lineman. That's what I always heard about Darren Sproles, and Mess just said that about him right there. Earlier today, on our pre-show meeting call, you were like, hey, I remember when Darren Sproles was a freshman, and he came in here, and everybody was like, man, you, you have to watch out for this kid. You have to watch out for this freshman running back and what he's doing in practice and tearing it up, and now you're hearing the same things about Deuce Vaughn, and you're trying to put two and two together here and make it happen tell me deep down in your heart of hearts you don't think that this kid is the next Darren Sproles John you mentioned I'm starting to think and I'm starting to talk about how he could be the next Darren Sproles there's no starting that was uh that was weeks ago already in my head in my heart we have the next Darren Sproles on this case okay well there you go now you said it now you said it doesn't it feel good just to get it out there now you've said it and that, I He's would say, Mitch, that is a far bigger curse to put on somebody than just calling oh no. him a my guy. Oh, no. First of all, hashtag my boy. Deuce Vaughn is my boy, okay, and I am my giddy. Boy, hashtag my boy. And I'm, I, you know I'm not big into the recruiting process. Like I, I respect what it takes to recruit a player, but I, you know, I'm going to believe it when I see it on the field. With Deuce Vaughn, I'll believe it when I see it, but I am chomping at the bit to watch this guy take his first carry. I'm ready for him to hit the A-gap. <laughs> Like the flash, just zoom right past a couple of linebackers. The Arkansas State, their, their secondary is already lazy, so they're not going to make a tackle on this guy. If Arkansas State plays that way, it is not going to be good. So if Deuce Vaughn, I get that guy in the secondary, he's gone. All right, well then, stick your neck out. What's a prediction for Deuce Vaughn this weekend? Actually, here's what I want to know. Darren Sproles, as a freshman, had 28 carries for 210 yards and one touchdown. Will Deuce Vaughn produce more than that in his freshman season at K-State, thus putting him on pace to be better than Darren Sproles? Oh, oh, well, <laughs> uh, let's not let's not go past let's not go that far and say he's going to be better than Darren Sproles. 
Yes or no, he will put up more yardage in year one than Darren Sproles did. Yes, he will have more yards than Darren Sproles. It's not saying he's better. All right, we're back live. And I just want to say, uh, Deuce Vaughn, in that freshman season, 642 yards, seven touchdowns. And he also had 434 receiving yards and a couple of touchdowns. Now, that doesn't mean he's better than Darren Sproles. In his own way, Deuce Vaughn was amazing. All right. Coming up here in hour number two, we'll have Mitch Palm versus Texas. K-State men's basketball in action, but after the break, Mason Volt from Email Online will join us live. Your local news is also in a couple of minutes.